This is Tom Bernard. Can't get enough of sports talk with Phil Mackey and Judd Zolgad? Tune in to the new Tom Bernard Show podcast Monday through Friday as Phil and Judd join me to discuss the latest sports headlines and whatever else comes to mind. Just download the Tom Bernard Show app wherever you get your podcasts or visit TomBernardShow.com. It's another way to get more from me and Judd talking sports and having fun with Tom, and it's all at your fingertips. Download the Tom Bernard Show app now and join the conversation. You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Of Minnesota sports flowing in their veins. Mackie and Judd on Score North and ScoreNorth.com. It's time for a little scoop session here with our friend Darren Doogie Wolfson from the Five Eyewitness News Sports Department, the Scoop Podcast. You can find him on this very podcast here, Minnesota Sports with Mackie and Judd, and also the Score North YouTube channel every Tuesday and Thursday, dishing inside information and a little reckless speculation about your favorite Minnesota sports teams. Doogie, um, how are you doing there? How are you? Uh, how's the... Your kids are Vikings fans, right? They are, yeah. Are I've they devastated? They're, they're young. I've are they devastated by this 0-3 start? No. You know what Droogie, my older one, said? He loves Caleb Williams. He's all about oh, finding taking. a path. He's he taking. understands it. Well, you know this, how obsessed he is. We're in a mutual fantasy football league, right? Yeah, he's, like, trying to, he's trying to pawn off Brees Hall on our fantasy football league. I saw that message. Like, most teams are not that active. He's the one posting on the message board. It's great. Droogie's watch, watching the Jets offense on Sunday. He goes to the message board. He's like, who wants Brees Hall? <laughs> That's great. I'm telling you, he loves the USC quarterback. He's all about. Now, I did tell him with NIL money, are we 100% positive Caleb Williams goes pro? Now, I think he will, but like he could go back to USC if he wanted to for another year, if he doesn't like who ultimately ends up with the first pick. But I'm just telling you, my older son is all about, hey, if the Vikings lose, that's fine. He actually hasn't been to a game in person. So that was his other thought. Hey, come November when fall baseball is done, after basketball tryouts, after basketball kickstarts, when there's a lull in the basketball schedule, like mid-November, late November, you know, like right around Thanksgiving, he's all about getting to his first game in person. So he was like, hey, I bet it'll be easy to get tickets. So he's okay with the 0-3 start. Wow. I love it, man. Hey, what uh, you you recently uh, spoke with Dalton Reisner in the locker room here. So he's been he's been here for like a week. I believe, I believe Ed Ingram was charged with six pressures allowed in that game and a couple of hits. So he just continues to be kind of lost out there. Um, what at this point, you got to find a place for. Like, what's the point of signing Reisner? You're zero and three. You're desperate. Tell me he's going to play this weekend against Carolina, please. Yes, that is the anticipation. Yeah, Dalton is a great guy. He now is my favorite interview in that locker room. He told me he feels horrible for his wife, who is now here, but sleeping in an apartment on an air mattress while he's sleeping on a nice, comfy bed at the Omni Lakes Hotel, right next to TCO Performance Center. But yes. He is ready to go. Furniture does arrive today. So thankfully for his wife, she will have some furniture starting today. But yes, he is ready to roll. He told me that on Monday in the locker room. 
He didn't necessarily know where, doesn't necessarily know if that is going to happen, but in his mind, he is ready to play. The contract was officially filed with the Players Association in the NFL database. If you look at the terms of the contract, he is going to hit $3 million. You don't pretty much guarantee him, as long as he stays healthy, $3 million to have him serve as a backup. So the time is coming. The question is, is it at right guard, or would you consider moving Ezra Cleveland from left guard to right guard, having Reisner play his more natural left guard position? The other part of this conversation is Ed Ingram did grade out pretty well. In fact, I was just watching some video on the All-22. Ingram looks like he had a pretty good game, and I saw the PFF run blocking grade. Yeah, It looks like he did have success run blocking on Sunday. But yes, logically speaking, Phil, the move is Ed Ingram is coming out of the starting lineup. Dalton Reisner is entering the starting lineup Sunday in Charlotte. And Dukes, I know that you were in attendance for Kevin O'Connell's press conference on Monday, which I found to be very interesting. One, because of the timber of his voice, you could tell that's as, that's as upset as I have heard him. Um, and second of all, because, and I, I know that you asked him a question as well, but uh, Dave Campbell of the Associated Press asked a question about ball security and then asked a follow-up. And this is the first time I have heard Kevin even go close to this. He didn't name names, obviously, but he essentially said, because uh, I think Dave's question was, is this um, contagious? Is fumbling contagious? Is turnovers like just a team problem? And he said, no, we're going to end this. And and if guys don't end this, we'll find guys that will. First time I've heard him actually threaten jobs. Um, a very interesting time right now to watch O'Connell, because this is the first real adversity, Dukes. And like that was the first time that I've heard him single out, no, we'll make changes if that's what it takes. So I thought that was, if you're a Vikings fan, I think it's good, but it's also very interesting to see what the payoff is going to be if this indeed does continue. For the first time in a long time, it wasn't word salad. It just worked out timing-wise because the locker room opened at 1. Kevin O'Connell went at noon on Monday, so it just it timed out for me to be there. But oftentimes, like if O'Connell is talking and it's after open locker room, I leave. Because just to me, he doesn't say anything. He is really good at saying a lot of words, but not delivering any information. Monday was the exception. I'm with you, Judd. That was very, very interesting. So, yes, I'm fascinated to see if ultimately it comes to fruition. Like TJ Hawkinson, right? There's a ball security issue there with Hawkinson. You're not benching the highest paid tight end in the game, right? So he can talk all he wants about personnel changes. Ultimately, are you going to change? Hawkinson, limit his snaps. I have a hard time seeing that. At the running back position, yes. I mean, Cam Akers' time is coming to me as soon as Sunday. I mean, I don't know if it'll be a 60-40 timeshare, a 70-30, but Cam Akers is going to play. I still think Madison is going to touch the ball plenty, but Cam Akers is also going to get touches. What I'm lost on is this comparison to the Rams team of a couple years ago that lost three consecutive games middle of the season. That team had Aaron Donald, Von Miller, and Jalen Ramsey. Yeah. Right? Just from a personnel standpoint, I just don't understand the comparison to this Vikings team, to that Rams team that he was a part of that won the Super Bowl a couple years ago that also lost three consecutive games. Yeah. And and on that note, you, you can't consider yourself a Super Bowl contender 
especially at zero and three. But even just like if you're, let's say you were one and two or two and one here, you and even last year, you can't consider yourself a true Super Bowl contender if you can't blow a team out once in a while. Dudes, this team hasn't blown anyone out in at least two years. Maybe I'm trying to think like back to Mike Zimmer. They they beat the Bears by a couple touchdowns in like Mike Zimmer's last year. I mean, was Packers week one last year? Kind of, but that... How do you define blowout, I guess, is what it was. That was like 24-7, if I remember the final score. They jumped out 17-0 early. So that's that's the closest thing. But it was week one. You know, week one is weird. They didn't score points in the second half. So if you're if you're constantly if you're not good enough to avoid riding this this line of close games, then stop talking about the 2021 Rams, right? Like that team, that team had some weird losses, but they could ramp it up when they needed to at least once in a while and just go beat the brakes off someone. The Buffalo Bills, you know, they haven't won a Super Bowl yet, but guess what they can do? Oh, we had a we had a bad week one. Let's come back and just trounce two teams in a row and show you we are here and we're not going away. That Rams team, by the way, when, when they did go on their three game slide, was seven and one. Yeah. So they came out of it seven and four. Yeah. They built a cushion. Big difference between, oh my God, we're seven and four, and oh my God, we're 0 oh and three. So Dude, the, yeah, there's the, no comparison. And the Rams that season, they did they did play some close games, but the Rams had wins of 34 to 14, 38 to 11, yep. 38 to 22 on the road, 37 to 7. Like they were. They were they were beating the crap out of teams like once a month minimum. This team plays exclusively close games, and if it's not a close game so far in the last two years, it's them getting beat forty to ten or something. So we got yeah. a I mean, listener's note. It was twenty nineteen. Yeah. End of twenty nineteen, the last time the Vikings really blew the doors off someone. It was against the Chargers, actually. Mm. In like week fifteen. It was on my birthday, I remember it was like a forty five ten they At the picked the crap stadium. out of them. At that soccer that was the stadium, last I remember one. that. Yep. Yeah. That's go. right. Yes, it was. Yeah, that like ten thousand seat stadium. That soccer stadium. Mm-hmm. I'm exaggerating slightly, but it was a tiny stadium. Yeah, that's right. So, yeah, I mean, I still think week one sort of last year, but I get it. I mean, they just don't do it. I mean, what it points to is this roster is devoid of talent. Like issues on the defensive line, issues in the secondary. Linebacker may be okay, although how about now Brian Asimwa can't even get snaps. Now I'm telling you on Asimwa. Like, I sense, even though he's not listed on the injury report. So I understand that, but my sense is the shoulder just isn't all the way right. So I think the shoulder is playing a role. But also, Ivan Pace Jr. is just flat out better at this point. You know, and it it just screams of the 2022 draft class. As we're talking about Ed Ingram, you know, logically being benched because his performance Mm -hmm. isn't up to par. Then you think about on Sunday, Lewis Seen, no defensive snaps. Andrew Booth Jr., no defensive snaps. Brian Asamoah, no defensive snaps. I do think it's time that Quasi Adolfo Mensa starts taking more heat. I get it, it's still early, but there's enough body of work to suggest, like, does he for sure know what the heck he's doing? He wasn't getting yeah. any other GM job. He brings in Ryan Grigson as his right-hand man. What? Huh? Like, why would feel you like he gets, Grigson I feel like he man? gets heat here, Dukes. I, You know, I, I mean, on the postgame show Sunday, he took a ton of heat. We've certainly talked about this. I No, I think it's... Uh, well, I guess my point is it's ramping up now. We can yeah. point all these things well, out. Even the Hawkinson extension, and I get it, it's a slippery slope to play it out. I had no problem with the trade, the original trade. Yeah. But I don't know if I give him that much guaranteed money. Like, you could have slapped the franchise tag on him in March. 
maybe not giving Kirk Cousins the monster extension. You know, maybe that's the move. But I'm just saying, you start ranking good moves, bad moves. Like, how many good moves are there from Quasi Adolfo Mensa so far? Yeah, I mean, I, I remember I asked you guys like a month ago, hey, if we think the Hawkinson move is his, his like the trade for Hawkinson was his best move, what's the second best move? And I remember there being about 10 seconds of silence while everyone tried to figure it out. And what did so, I say at the time, pre-shoulder injury, but I said maybe Brian Hasselma in the yeah. third round, right? But I had to hesitate. I paused. I thought about it for 10 seconds. Then I volunteered. Brian Hasselma, I also said, hey, I think eventually Byron Murphy Jr., who I think is a good player, but I don't know if he's a great cornerback. But, yeah, it's a struggle to come up with his second-best move. It really is. The snap counts, too, yesterday. So you're now three games in to your second season for these 2022 draft picks. Lewis Seen did not play a snap on defense. Booth Jr. did not play a snap on defense. Ed Ingram might get benched this week. Uh, Asamoah did not. He might have played a snap or two, but I don't. he wasn't a factor on defense. So you can keep going down the line. Um, if I am just human nature here, if I'm Kevin O'Connell – and I'm trying to coach this thing up, and I'm looking at my personnel here, kind of looking at the big picture of the last two years. Now, Kevin O'Connell has some say in personnel. I mean, it's collaborative, but it's Quasty that's buying the groceries, and Kevin's supposed to cook the meal, to steal a phrase from Bill Parcells. Judd and I have been around enough together uh, in the media industry at some different stops, and Doogie and Declan, too, where, and, and listeners, wherever you work, right? When things start going a little south at the office... You start looking around like, boy, we didn't hit our, it's been six months since we've hit our sales quota or our, in our business, you know, radio back in the day, the ratings are low or whatever it is, or whatever it is in your business. You start looking around at the underperformers, right? And saying, God, we're, I'm busting my ass here every day. He's busting his ass. What's that guy doing over there? I just wonder if there's a human element that starts to factor in here between Quasi, KOC, front office, coaching staff. And, and at what point does it get a little bit rocky behind the scenes? Well, I mean, I don't know if it's gotten to the point of being rocky. Phil, I'm led to believe that already has happened in the locker room this year. That there was some chatter after the Tampa game that some offensive veterans, maybe some other people in the locker room as well, just questioning. They love him as a person. A-plus guy, but if Alexander Madison is the guy, that bell cow type running back, right? And lo and behold, now we see them bring in another running back, one that can legitimately compete for playing time. I don't know if Ty Chandler was ever going to be in that position this year, maybe later, but maybe not necessarily this year. But I'm just saying, like, I think some of that has already taken place in that locker room. I really believe that. Interesting. The intriguing thing about what Phil is referring to, I think in the front office is, as well is this, and it's how little we know about the structure of things too. Like there could be a, that, that front office could be on fire right now. And we would not know because if you think about it, we don't know uh, who officially has control of the 53 man roster. We don't know what Grigson's role truly is. Like, is Grigson consulted on all of this stuff? Like, does Grigson hold some of the some well, of the he's blame there for the two thousand twenty two? No, I know he is, and I've seen training camp. To what extent? I guess I can't quantify. But, but Ryan Grigson, the former Colts GM, has his fingerprints all over this. But game. that's the point. The point is, we don't know. Like, there there could be, judging by how O'Connell is acting right now, there is way you know. Beyond just be, being 0-3, there is way more there there that we just don't know at this point. Um, but you know what? 
there's no way that the fans and the media are the only ones asking, does Quasi know what he is doing at this point? Agreed. There's no way. Sing it's it, got to be internal right. as well. Yes. So, yes. so, but, yes. but that's the point. This is where the ball, this is where the snowball starts to go down the hill a bit and it gets to be intriguing. So there's just a lot of unknowns. And and look, two guys, I mean, this is the first year in, in which O'Connell and Quazy and this administration have really started to implement their own system of things, right? This is, I mean, last year, for better or for worse, and we can debate this, but you ran it back and won 13 games, but you ran it back. This is the first time that we are seeing them now have their system in place, their checks and balances. I mean, this is going to be... I think if this continues to play out in, in a roller coaster type of way, a really, really interesting end result, because uh, we're going to find out a lot about people that we probably or certainly did not find out a year ago. Agree. And even going back to last Sunday, right? They finally have some success running the ball. How many snaps? Do you have the snaps there, Phil? Josh Oliver, and I get it, he caught the touchdown, but Josh Oliver snaps on Sunday. CJ Ham. Snaps on Sunday. We heard so much about Oliver and Ham having this big role and getting the running game going. How many snaps did those guys play on Sunday? Yeah, so uh, those guys. Let's see here. Yeah, and well, the, the I will say the running game was at by far at its best in Week Three. Oh yeah, it was. Yeah, absolutely. But CJ Ham, Ty played, Chandler had a nice explosive run. Yeah, for sure. CJ Ham went from playing a lot of snaps in Week One to playing eight snaps in Week Three. And then uh, Oliver, who did score a touchdown, played 27 snaps in week three. So it kind of feels like they're back to, to going more 11 personnel. I think they came out of the gate saying, we're going to run heavier personnel packages, kind of like the Dolphins and the Niners and some of these other teams. And, I mean, Judd kind of nailed it. They have a grand vision for a, a, a use check style player, right, that San Francisco has. But C.J. Ham's not use check. He's not, he's not as good as use check. So... You know, you can't run them out there for 25 or 30 snaps. Now, so, it yeah. might be opponent-dependent. Like, we may see Ham and Oliver play many more snaps Sunday against the Panthers, right? That may have been specific to the Chargers game plan. But I'm just saying, you gave C.J. Ham an extension, and I get it, his cap number went down this year. But did you really need to give him an extension, right? Was the Josh Oliver move the right move? I'm just saying, you start asking questions when you're 0-3. All these questions come to light. Yeah. I think part of why Acres was signed though too is to or, or traded for. I'm sorry, is to eventually is to keep Ham snaps down. Um, O'Connell said something I think it was last week about exactly that, and it was sort of he alluded to we love CJ Ham, but we're playing him too much. So I think Acres is there because uh, I'm going to tell you right now. I think a huge part of the problem that's not being discussed about this entire situation is this: they clearly. And he's got a burst, so he is not bad with the football. They clearly do not trust Ty Chandler. And I think there was a feeling going into camp that there perhaps would be a corner turn there. But if you look at his continued carries, which is what, Phil, like three a game, yeah. and then you watch him play, because he's got he's got a second gear, he's got a third gear that Madison completely lacks. There's a reason why they won't play him, and I think they don't think he's a professional enough as far as the blocking goes, as far as the nuances go, that they think they're going to get from Cam. But I think it's why they were trying to see if Ham could take that role, and just flat out clearly, he can't. He plays a small role. That's his role, special teams, not this, okay, um, we don't trust Ty Chandler, so now C.J. Ham is going to be the answer. That's just not how this is going to work. 
Agree. I mean, you know, when you guarantee 93% of Madison's contract over two years, they had a strong belief in what Madison can do going back to March. They haven't wavered off that belief, but instead of him touching the ball 18 to 22 to 23 times, okay, you know, minimize that by five, six, seven, eight. Cam Akers will take over those touches. So, yeah, I mean, I think Ty Chandler ends up losing out as much as anybody with the Cam Akers addition. Akers trade was fascinating to me because you can only trade picks going three years out. So when you swap conditional seventh, conditional sixth in 2026, I still want to know what the heck took place with the Rams, where the Rams, they just, they gave them away. Now there were some other teams that kicked the tires. I was told the Ravens, the Browns, the Buccaneers, the Raiders all kicked the tires on making a trade for Cam Akers. But clearly when you're trading 2026 draft picks, the furthest out you can trade draft picks, the Rams just wanted to cut the cord on Akers. Yeah. Hey, uh, we have a Kirk Cousins speculative question for you here in just a moment, but let's shout out our friends at Minnesota Fat Loss Doogie first. Yes, absolutely. I began my journey on July 2nd. My stated goal then was to lose 20 to 25 pounds, crossed the 20-pound threshold on my way to 25 pounds, and it's more about a lifestyle change, not a diet. I needed direction. I needed guidance. I needed a roadmap on what to eat, when to eat, how to eat. Well, mnfatloss.com has provided that roadmap. They have put me in a really good position moving forward. Even after my correspondence with them evaporates, I now know exactly when to eat, what to eat, how to eat specific proteins, fruits, veggies. Hey, if I need to deviate, you know, for a day or two, heck, Drugi has a baseball tournament in Kansas City this weekend. Well, guess what? I'm in Kansas City. When in Rome, I will enjoy some Kansas City barbecue, right? But I have the roadmap where that won't sidetrack me significantly. It really won't even sidetrack me at all because mnfatloss.com has provided me the guidance that I needed badly. If you are interested in losing weight, if I can do it, you can too. Connect with mnfatloss.com. Their unique weight loss program makes it easy to lose weight, get healthy, and get your energy back naturally, safely, and effectively. For your free private weight loss consultation, Call 763-312-7600, 763-312-7600, or schedule online at mnfatloss.com. That's mnfatloss.com. Dr. Adam Schatzko, D.C. Results may vary. Judd, also a shout-out to our friends uh, with our favorite van, Finch Home Solutions, helping idiots like us not have to worry about electrical problems in our homes. That's that's right. Come on, where, where are the beeps, guys? Thank you very much. I can even get the. Oh, oh, yeah, very nice, very nice. You know what? All of those. You know what? The beeps are a good thing. The shorting out sound is not. But but guess what? Uh, One leads to the other because our friends Cody Finch and his team Finch Home Solutions are going to show up in that van at your house, and you know what they're going to do? They're going to fix any issue that you have, anything that you need from an electrical point of view. Finch Home Solutions can solve. They can in, they can install an outlet. They can rewire your entire home. And you know what? They're going to be fast. They're going to be efficient. They're going to be courteous. They're going to get the job done. And that is the most important thing. Keep your home safe and do it with Finch Home Solutions. In fact, it, there's an offer right now, and that is the Finch Friends and Family Plan, which is going to offer you this. One free electrical inspection a year to make sure that your home is safe. No dispatching fee. Priority dispatching. So if you call, guess where you go? You go right to the top of that list. 10% discount on all work performed in your home, and it's only $9.95 a month. Give them a call now, 
357-2604 or go to finchhomesolutions.com finchhomesolutions.com they are big fans of the purple and why while the purple has let us down so far cody finch and his team will never let you down all these crazy alien stories can't be true, can they? Hey, it's Stephen Diener, host of the Unidentified Alien Podcast. And whether you're new to the conversation or have been looking into it for years, you need to check out the fastest growing alien show out there, the Unidentified Alien Podcast, or UAP for short. There's a crazy amount of alien encounter stories out there from all over the world. And the beauty of it is that I bring them all to you and let you decide what you believe. Download and subscribe to UAP on any of the major podcasting platforms. And you can also find it on UAPpodcast.com. Hey, so uh, the big sort of Vikings-related headline that made the national news yesterday, Adam Schefter goes on McAfee's show, and, uh, and, and they asked him about, hey, the Jets are crappy and Zach Wilson can't play, the Vikings are 0-3 and Kirk Cousins is not an expiring contract, is there anything there? And Schefter said, there's nothing to that right now, but the Vikings are 0-3, and they made a decision where it certainly looks like they're going in a different direction than Kirk Cousins next year. That's one that honestly is a logical fit for both sides. Now, he says it also sends a bad message. If you're the Vikings, the season's going to be over, which, you know, if you make that decision, you have to deal with it. Um, So there's nothing to it. But it's pretty rare that a guy like Adam Schefter would offer his opinion on something without it being rooted in some sort of. So I wonder if he's hearing on the Jets side, hey, like we're ready. The Vikings aren't ready quite yet. So we're early on this. It feels like. But what, what do you make of some of the Kirk Cousins Jets steam from the last two weeks, Doogie? Yeah, I mean, what I can gather, Phil, is there is no legitimacy right now to this scenario. But to me, it remains a fascinating talker. The NFL trade deadline is five weeks away, a little under five weeks. Judd, what is the specific deadline? Is it right around Halloween? Halloween. Yes. It's after yep. the 49ers Halloween. game some yep. point, right? Mm-hmm. Is it Halloween, specifically Halloween? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so we're a little over a month away from the actual trade deadline. At that point, the Jets may lose three or four more games. And in the very competitive AFC East, they may just say, yeah, I mean, lost cause. We can't compete with Miami and Buffalo. Maybe the Vikings go on a little run, right? So, so much can happen over the next month plus. So at this point, I just don't sense there's any legitimacy. But to me, the idea that Cousins, no way, no how, would waive his no trade clause for a chance to go compete at a higher level elsewhere, the way this roster's going, this season is going here in Minnesota, I have a hard time believing that, right? So if it really came down to it where Cousins would say, and hey, don't get me wrong, he, his family love living in Rosemount. They really do, right? But they could stay in Rosemount for two months. He could go to New York or wherever, finish the year, then come back here, pack things up, get ready to move on elsewhere, you know, come March unrestricted free agency like I just I don't understand some of the stuff I saw on social media about no way no how would he uproot his family you don't even need to uproot your family your family can stay here you could leave for a couple months or they could come with you but the point is if there was an actual opportunity to go compete at a higher level he would really say no I just have a hard time believing that I really do I think he would want and and the Jets couldn't provide this obviously with um Rogers expect to come back Dukes I think he would want an extension yes, and the that contract is definite part with the, yes. with the trade. Yes. With yeah. the trade. Yes. So I I think he would yes. quash it. Um yes, to the Jets, that I could see. But I'm just yeah. saying the overall idea, there could be another yeah. potential opportunity. I mean, you know, it'd have to be a very specific team. Atlanta win Dude, the I was South. just I was just gonna bring up Atlanta. 
Atlanta's. A, let's let's go into reckless speculation. Oh Atlanta boy! Oh, oh, I didn't see this reckless coming. Oh, boy. Let, me let me make it very again. very clear. I actually have checked. I don't think there's any legitimacy to any Kirk Cousins trade scenario. No, but yes, not yet. Let's go down. Okay, the road. but just All issue right. a warning because yes. it's Tuesday. It's not Thursday. Issue. <laughs> so anyone who doesn't ordinarily watch the Tuesday or the Thursday show, Phil, please warn them what you're about to do. We because- are. Yeah. Okay. We're we're wandering into reckless speculation territory here. Okay. This is a Love this it. is a safe space to speculate <laughs> recklessly about things that may happen in the future here. Okay. Mm-hmm. So the Atlanta Falcons are off to a nice little surprising two and one start this season. They have weapons all over the place on team control rookie scale contracts. Bijan Robinson, Kyle Pitts at tight end, and no one can get him the ball. Drake London, like he's just sitting there. He's the first receiver off the board a year ago. All these guys are on rookie scale contracts. The Falcons are currently tied for the lead in their weak division at two and one. They've got some momentum going here. And Desmond Ritter is not really a franchise quarterback. Oh, did I mention Julie Cousins was born and raised and they got married in the Atlanta area and they have family there. Whoa. Oh, you just brought facts. Speculation. Just going to throw it out facts. there. I didn't know just that. Just going to throw it out there. Yeah, Vikings at Falcons early November. And his parents are in Florida. Which team's he going to be playing? Oh, my God. His parents are in Florida. Donnie, Donnie can come see the grandkids. I'm just saying, just throwing it out there. The Atlanta Falcons. And the Atlanta Falcons are more likely to be in a spot to make a playoff run than the Jets in one month from now. Because you're right, Doogie. Like, in that division, the Jets might be 1-5. And their defense might be great, but... Are the Jets going to be in a spot to make a trade for Kirk Cousins? And if you're Kirk Cousins, would you rather play in that New York market where one wrong move and boom, like, or would you rather go where you got some comfort, some family, a little bit of a smaller market, a little bit of a lower profile, a little, little wow. bit less pressure? Atlanta. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, very interesting. Yep, definitely under the reckless Space speculation Space. umbrella, but wow. interesting. I'm just saying, like, the potential as we approach October 31st could be very, very intriguing. I mentioned many months ago, I'll reiterate it now, the Jacksonville Jaguars had all sorts of interest in Daniil Hunter, right? So does Jacksonville circle back mm-hmm. on that possibility? You look at that division. Is anybody going to run away with that division? You would think Jacksonville can go ahead and win that division, maybe make another run, win a playoff game, or compete in January in the AFC. So would Jacksonville circle back trying to acquire Daniil Hunter? If so, if you're Quasi, do you listen? What would it take to trade Daniil Hunter? I'm just saying, you know, if this thing ends up going how it could, right? I think you win Sunday, but heck, I thought they would beat the Chargers. So who am I to say? But I think you beat Charlotte or Carolina. All right. But at that point, you're one and three. You lose to Kansas City, one and four. Probably beat Chicago two and four, but then lose to San Francisco. So looking at what two and five heading into the trade deadline. So where exactly are you going at two and five? Let me a- ask you this though, uh, Dukes, because the 2020 Vikings, if I'm not, I'm not mistaken, were like one and four or one and five when the bye week at that time arrived. They traded in Gakway. They then did nothing else. They actually then came back and like won three consecutive games. So here's my question: Forget Quazy, forget O'Connell. Do you think that the Wilfs, considering they wouldn't allow um, a teardown in 2020, do you think that the Wilfs 
have the appetite to do something that we have never seen them do, no matter what the record is, which is overhaul things in season. Yes, I'm with you. As far as I can tell, many, many years of evidence, no, they don't have the appetite to do such a thing. But at some point, you need to be realistic. What are the chances Daniil Hunter is in purple in 2024? All right, so wouldn't it make sense to get something now? But yeah, I mean, until Ziggy and Mark show me otherwise or tell me otherwise, no, there just there isn't anything to suggest that they're willing to do that. Yeah, Uh, Dukes, give us a couple just last minute scoops here before we say goodbye. And by the way, or executive decision, let's let's expand on this Kirk reckless speculation on Purple Daily today, boys. All right, I like it. We will will carry. Stella, you hear that? We're gonna do more Kirk talk. Yeah, Vinny. Same. I love it. She's in no particular excited. order. I looked Bring at the local takes. TV ratings from Saturday. The Colorado-Oregon game, locally on Channel 5 on ABC. Now, this is not a college football market. The ratings overall, relatively speaking, not all that good. But what's interesting is if you take the Colorado-Oregon game here in the Twin Cities viewing area, if you take that rating, then take the games it was going up against, including Alabama Ole Miss on Channel 4 on CBS. I can't remember the game that was on Channel 9 at the time and the game that was on Channel 11. But if you take the other three games, combine that rating, it doesn't come close to touching what Colorado-Oregon did here in the Twin Cities, the Deion oh, Sanders yeah. effect. Scooby, I'll let you out Scooby. in a sec, buddy. All the Scooby's like, I love cousins. Back yeah. off, you guys. Back off, yeah, I love absolutely. cousins. Yeah, he wanted to chime in. All right, Matt Ryan. So the Timberwolves extended him a qualifying offer back in – late June, early July, he finally accepted that qualifying offer. So it's a one-year, two-way. He's been in town working out. So the Wolves now have three guys on two-way contracts, Matt Ryan, Luca Garza, Jalen Clark. The Wolves have 14 standard contracts. I'm telling you, keep an eye on the Wolves eventually converting Luca Garza to a standard NBA deal, converting that two-way into a standard deal. Nothing cooking on the Cameron Payne front. I wish there was, but just nothing cooking, you know, kicking the tires, but they haven't offered him a contract. Put it that way. On the Twins, Brock Stewart ready to go. Do the Twins make that move today or tomorrow? But Brock Stewart ready to roll for next Tuesday, game one, October 3rd at Target Field. Is it going to be Astros at Twins? The Astros a game and a half up on Seattle, but Seattle has the tiebreaker over Houston. How does Toronto do the rest of this week? It looks like Texas is pulling away, especially with the Texas Rangers playing the Angels today and tomorrow, so two more games against the lowly Angels. The Rangers two and a half up on Houston, but will it be the Astros against the Twins at Target Field early next week? Mm. There he is, Darren Doogie Wolfson. Oh, that's a great scoop session right there, boys. And I'll great save a couple Twins session. notes for Thursday, some other Twins notes. Not okay. super, super pressing right this second. So I will save a few Twins notes for Thursday. Awesome, man. Thank you, Doogie. You can find his work also. Uh, his A job is Channel 5 Eyewitness News Sports. You can find him uh, all over the place around town delivering inside information about your favorite Minnesota sports teams. We'll see you in a couple days, Dukes. Sounds good, boys. I'll be over at for Basketball practice later today, day two. So day one of college basketball was yesterday, Monday. It's nice to see Parker Fox, Isaiah Enan active. So the Gophers are, at this point, healthy that is good to hear i'll see you boys on thursday all right there Thanks, he is dudes all right that's a wrap we will carry over this kirk cousins speculation on purple daily today